0: You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast. This burly voice coming through your stereo speakers or your headphone speakers is Brian Brown. I am a co-host here on Locked On Utes along with Jake Hatch thursday episode coming at you we're getting through the week together and to help you get through the week we have a couple of items to discuss today as always we are your one-stop shop for all university of utah news breakdowns updates anything that has to do with university of utah athletics we're there we're following it we're covering it and we are reporting it along with the Tad tiny bit of an analysis and opinion here on the podcast. Today's episode, we're going to review signing day for the University of Utah in what was quite possibly the most bizarre signing day in decades, but not for the reasons that you might expect. We'll talk about which commits Utah received today, Including a big one from a safety prospect out of California that we might have discussed on yesterday's episode. I don't know. We'll just find out. We'll also look back at some previous signing day stories. Curtis, you've got our friends over at uzone.com, part of the 24 7 Sports Network, the recruiting experts. And lastly, we'll close out with a preview of basketball playing Arizona. That game is today. All that and all your favorite hijinks and shenanigans. On today's episode of the Locked On Youth Podcast, for Thursday, February 4th, 2021. Hello, my Utah friends and family, all you youth fans fanatics out there thank you so much for joining me my name is brian brown i am the co-host here at locked on utes the flagship podcast for the university of utah on the locked on podcast network and we are the flagship because we're the only one bringing you your daily university of utah athletics updates my name again brian brown minus jake today Uh, we will try and get him in before the end of the week we'll see how things unfold there's been There's been a happening at at 1280 where we both work as producers, and so Jake has his hands full, trying to make sure that that ship keeps on going in the uh, ever-present direction that it always heads, and shout out to Jake, we love you, we support you, you're the man, you got this. Uh, I do worry about me running the ship by myself sometimes, but hey, like Chris Farley and his dinghy, all I need is a little wind, and I think we got some wind today. We're going to talk about a commitment that the University of Utah received today on National Signing Day, one of the most, I say bizarre, maybe unique signing days that I've seen in recent memory. I, I've worked for UteZone.com for a few years now, followed recruiting, obviously recruiting being the lifeblood of the program for a long time now, and today was just bizarre. I, I had almost forgotten that today was signing day. So Utah didn't really sign anybody to their class. They did announce the four transfers that they received in the month of January as part of the roster. We'll review those again. It's Charlie Brewer, Chris Curry, TJ Pledger, and Jaquindon Jackson. Brewer out of Baylor, Jackson out of Texas, Chris Curry from LSU, and Pledger transferring from Oklahoma. A lot of High-star, high-caliber, very talented athletes that are looking for an opportunity to go and play and shine. And I think Utah did a really good job of getting those in. But they also got a commitment today from Bryson Reeves. And we talked a little bit about Bryson Reeves last night. Or, excuse me, yesterday. It wasn't last night. Well, it was last night for me. But you guys listened to it on Wednesday. So, someday I'll actually get that right. Not today. Bryson Reeves, athlete out of La, Cana- La Canada. La Canada. Wow. We're really off to a great start today. Three-star athlete out of La Canada, California. He is coming into the program as a safety. So he is 6'3", 200 pounds. He is an incredibly fast athlete. Uh, sorry, I said 200 pounds. He's more like 185. He ranks in at eight three six six point eight three six six. So he's a three-star composite athlete. Uh, composite ranking is number 114 for his position. Uh, 24-7 Sports has him ranked 109 as a 109th wide receiver. So this is a pretty talented guy that's really flown under the radar. And, and he's very athletic. He he's got great athleticism for his size. He accelerates well. He not like an extreme first gear, like you might like the, the kind of meet meep that the explosion like Britton Covey has, but he definitely has that second gear where he can kick it into play. Uh, very quick feet able to change directions on the fly. He's also very fluid in his movements um, and, and he can make great adjustments on the ball and that is the reason why Utah's bringing him in as a safety, of course, right? Uh, I, I half laugh because with with the news from yesterday and, and Brian Thompson leaving, you know I think the most people are probably hungry for more wide receiver updates getting talented wide receivers in the program. And so, of course, when Utah finds a guy who can play both sides of the ball, he's coming in as a safety. But at the same time, this is the kind of recruit that Utah has always had a lot of success with, an under-the-radar guy that maybe plays a little bit out of position. Chase Hansen is a good example of it. Uh, Drew Rawls was a wide receiver in high school, and and he's seen some good action in the backfield for the University of Utah. Not quite a standout guy yet, but definitely a contender for time coming up next season. We've seen it time and time again. Uh, Ben Renfro, another wide receiver out of Texas who's playing at the safety position, that Utah understands what they need to recruit to get uh, talented players at that position. And and so they're bringing in some long-range athletes, which – I really love, and I don't know where I project Bryson Reeves quite yet. He's He's got tools, and he's an under-the-radar guy, and it's a really good commitment. Um, he is not going to be signing right away, so no letter of intent submitted for this one. He is going to be coming in as a blue shirt, and what a blue shirt means is that he'll actually be a push forward. So he'll come, he'll be working out with the team, he'll participate in the summer, it'll all be on his own dime. And then come the fall, when he's able to enroll in classes and everything like that, they will put him on scholarship, he'll be a push forward into the 2022 class. That's one reason why Utah is kind of fighting the bulge, more or less, on initials this year. That and some returning missionaries. We haven't talked about the two returning missionaries, Specifically, Johnny Fanaika and Samode Peppa. Samode Peppa joining the defensive line makes that an even deeper group. I'm not exactly sure. I I believe that he is returning in May, so he'll be here in time for the summer. He doesn't need to contribute immediately. Anyway, as Jake and I talked about when we went over the defensive line earlier, there is a ton of depth at that position, especially the defensive tackle position. Um, I guess Jake wasn't there for that episode. We we worked through defensive ends and offensive line together, but... um, They do have two returning missionaries, and so that does make a class that's pretty full already, just really locked in in terms of the number of LOIs, letters of intent, or NLI uh, is is the official termination, national, uh, I believe it's national letter of intent. Um, I'll have to double check on that one. Some of the compliance stuff does slip my mind from time to time. But Reeves is a good get, and and he's not going to count towards – he'll count towards the 2021 rating, so it does increase this class a little bit. Um, I I will be curious to see uh, what this class looks like as a finished product because there may not be anything official yet, but if you go to the University of Utah website and they talk about the 2021 National Signing Day editions – There is no Veltre Jefferson, so I'm not exactly sure when they'll announce that officially, if it will be announced officially, Uh, but he was somebody who committed and signed a letter on the early signing day period, and he is no longer listed as part of the class, so that should adjust the rating a little bit. He was a pretty highly rated recruit, but adding Bryson Reeves will adjust it as well, so it'll be interesting to see where they end up once everything's finally tallied and, and, and ready to go. Again, missionaries that are returning count in the class in which they initially committed, not the class that they're returning to. So that always throws things off as well. But overall, a very, very quiet signing day for the most part. Reeves is, is a good commitment to get, but... You know, it it was so under the radar and and he it was a quick turnaround on him, too. As I mentioned in the previous episode, he didn't have a ton of offers from P5 level programs. And I think he knew that if he was going to get an offer from a place like Utah, that it was you got to go and you just got to commit and you got to got to work around it. And so I think he's in a good situation. But I also think that it's a great find by Utah. To get a really under-the-radar kid, and that's part of what they've always been so good at is finding those three stars that have the potential to be NFL guys. They just need a little development. They have the tools there. I think Marcus Williams is kind of an apt comparison for for, uh, for Bryson. But Utah's work is basically done in terms of recruiting at this point for 2021. Now, recruiting never really stops. They have been extending a lot of offers to 2022 and 2023 recruits. We can talk about that in the summer as as camp starts to come around and things start to open up a little bit more as the coronavirus pandemic starts to uh, be be stemmed a little bit with everything that's happening uh, regarding that. And I especially look forward to that because I love going to the camps. I love meeting the kids. I love watching them play. I love watching them compete. It's one of my favorite parts about recruiting is getting out and seeing these guys. I think that projecting a lot of them, like Lander Barton, is not a hard projection, right? He is an incredible athlete. He stands out. He's easy to find on the football field. The last name alone should give you a great idea of, of how good an athlete he is. And he's probably the best athlete of the Barton clan if – if you're not counting Danny. Yeah, I I still think she's probably the best, but um I digress. Utah closes out signing day on the other side. We're going to talk a little bit about some stories from the past with the University of Utah on signing day and how it differs so greatly from today where there was basically nothing and there was hardly any work to be done in terms of covering recruiting or anything like that it was a very very quiet signing day period for the utes and for most teams for the most part i think there are a few upper end programs oregon usc got some commitments today alabama wrapped up a few those higher level recruits uh kind of tend to wait out. They can. They, they like the attention, I think. Or maybe it's just more difficult. Hard to say for that. I was never a high-level recruit. I was hardly recruited. In fact, I got a letter that they sent to me by accident because I had the same first name as the kicker on my high school team. Good to know, right? Something else you need to know is that rockauto.com is one of our favorite sponsors here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You've heard my stories. The Seed Incident... The brightest headlights on the planet now. My windshield wipers worked like a charm on Wednesday when it was snowing. There is nothing about rockauto.com that doesn't make me happy when it comes to making sure my car is in the best running order. Rockauto.com has all makes and models, all part types. They'll get you the right part at the right price. You can spend up to 30, 50, even 100% more for the same model parts at a chain store why would you do that when you can just go to RockAuto.com and get it for half the price i don't even know i i, I it, it's so easy to use it, it's basically like amazon for car parts and i don't know if anyone here is that listens is a big car enthusiast but one of the most difficult part about it Part about fixing a car is getting the right part and matching part numbers with your vehicle, and Rock Auto does a great job with that. A family-owned business, been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years now. Go to rockauto.com. Mention in the comments that you were sent there by Locked On and the Locked On Podcast Network so that they know that we sent you to get your car running at its best capable possible Whateverable standard, make it clean, make it fresh. We we all spend so much time in our cars now, especially since the pandemic's over and we're all trying to not pandemic over, but quarantine over. Uh, we're all trying to get to wherever we need to get to. Keep take good care of your car with RockAuto.com. Speaking of twenty years ago, or things starting twenty years ago. It's been about sixteen years since YouthZone.com came into existence. Dan Sorensen, our publisher, started it along with Tom Chella about sixteen years ago. It was actually a creation of Urban Meyer, which he had he had been at other schools, he had seen the importance of having a recruiting site. Uh, why it mattered. And so he put an ad in the paper, or I should say a member of his staff put an ad in the paper asking for someone like a journalism student or somebody like that that would be interested in in starting a rival site. And Dan was the one who answered it. And so they started the site together. I've been through a ton of different adventures. He has some incredible recruiting stories. And I wanted to share a couple of those today just because I feel like the... Weirdness of recruiting day has kind of been lost a little bit, especially this year where it was so basic and simple, and there wasn't a lot of craziness. Not a lot of players were announcing publicly. It was a uh, little quiet. I think one of the most well-known was probably uh, the story of Decorius, aka DJ Law, who, if you ever saw um, "Last Chance," you. The very first season he was one of the stars of it. And DJ's story was pretty impressive because I believe that they've at Final Tally, they sent in three different NLIs. DJ sent his to the University of Utah. I believe one went to Ole Miss, and there was another one that may have gone to Florida or or something like that. Uh, there was always a rumor floating around with that one that the Ole Miss letter of intent was a an old quote-unquote handshake agreement that had a certain amount of money attached to it and that was kind of a fascinating thing now unfortunately dj never did qualify he ended up at the juco level but it was a national story when both programs announced dj law as a commitment to their program and this is back in the day when they still used the fax the fax machines and it was you know they had to Wait a day or two, I think, to officially announce it. And once everything was cleared up, it was officially Utah that um, that that came out as the winner of that one. Uh, it was a, unfortunate that he never made it. Another one uh, that that's kind of fascinating. It's kind of sad now when you look back at it. Brian Thompson had decided that he was going to go to Oregon and had told everybody the night before, "Yeah, I'm going to Oregon. That's that's the call. That's what I want to do." And then he had a dream that night that he had to go to the university of Utah. And he woke up that morning and said, no, I, I changing everything. I'm going to the U. And that was what made him decide that he wanted to go to the university of Utah. Kind of a crazy instance, but these are seemingly happening every single year. There's something that comes out of nowhere. Uh, there's another good one about Floyd Raven, who was a DB out of Texas, that Utah nearly landed and pushed for until the end, and then it had he had some confusion as well on whether he signed with Ole Miss or Texas A and M. He, uh, I don't recall any handshake agreements being part of that one. DJ's was was bizarre. Uh, I think that Floyd's was he just didn't know where he wanted to go but I believe he eventually decided on Ole Miss if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Brandon Fanica is another interesting one he wanted to go to the University of Utah he had an offer on the table from Stanford his mom wanted him to go to Stanford and that morning Fanica signed his letter to go to Stanford and he had a pretty good career there. Uh, A three or four year starter if I'm not mistaken but I don't blame moms on that one uh, one single bit I would probably do the same thing. Um, Peyton Powell last year was another interesting one where he had basically announced more or less that he was going to the University of Utah. I believe he had committed everything that he was tweeting and talking about was the University of Utah. And then about an hour before uh, his announcement, we, we got some interesting messages about, hold on, we're not sure what's happening. And he sent his letter of intent to Rutgers and that was a left field kind of thing. I, It came out afterwards that he was kind of playing a lot of different sides and, and had told a few different programs that he was interested. And at the end of the day, it was Rutgers that came out. Powell was a transfer QB from Baylor. Uh, that was a crazy one. It, was, he, it seemed like he had already even moved to Salt Lake. I think he posted a map of him, him driving out there um, and then just ended up going to Rutgers. And you really, some of these guys you never hear from again. Uh, Josh Gordon is kind of a fascinating one. When he decided that he was transferring from Baylor, he got in the car and drove to Utah and decided that he was too tired to drive any further. And that's why he signed with the Utes. And he is still probably the greatest wide receiver to attend the University of Utah uh, in the most recent Pac-12 era, even though he didn't even see any time on the field. If ESPN counts his last goal as Utah, then so will I. Uh, great story about Silver Salinga. As Bronco Mendenhall and Kyle Whittingham were going head-to-head with him, Bronco decided that they needed to get down and kneel and pray for Silver to decide where he should go. And Silver recounts it as saying, As soon as we got down and started praying, I knew that I needed to go to the University of Utah. <laughs> Which... To me, that's just, it's a crack up. There are some interesting Bronco Mendenhall recruiting stories from that era. They definitely push the, uh, the religious aspect of it a lot. And there are a few occasions that I know of where I blew up in their face. That is a particularly joyous one. We know how great Silver was at the University of Utah. Went on to play several years in the NFL. Ended up finishing his career with the Salt Lake Stallions in our epic 10-game run. And I got to know him a little bit there. He's a great guy. And a great member of the community. So a couple of crazy stories for you on this very, very quiet signing day. If you want to read more, I highly recommend going to youthzone.com, signing up for a VIP membership. You can get a seven-day trial for free. It doesn't cost you a dang thing. It's super simple to sign up. And you can go to the board. You can read all the stories. You can hear from Dan Sorensen and Steve Bartle, the two people who cover recruiting better than anyone in this state. Dan's been doing it for 16 years. Steve's been doing it for, oh, I want to say six or seven, maybe more. But they really are two of the best. And uh, lots of info, lots of content, lots of uh, discussion on those boards there. So definitely go and sign up. Give it a try, give it a read, and enjoy some of those wild signing day stories. The Super Bowl is this Sunday. I don't know about y'all, but I am excited to park my butt on the couch, eat some amazing snacks, and play some prop bets. And there's no better place to go than betonline.ag to get your prop bets in where we are still trying to social distance and, and keep things on an even keel and a little low-key. Sometimes you might feel a little lonely, or, or if you got together with some friends normally and, and aren't able to do it at this point in time, there's a simple way to have some fun and some enjoyment watching the game. Just go to betonline.ag and place a couple prop bets. There are all sorts of bets on there. They are some of the craziest. Long shot odds on MVP. What color is the Gatorade? Who scores first? What kind of score is it? I remember one year, I think it was 51 odds on a safety being the first points of the game, and I think it was. So all sorts of fun prop bets over there at betonline.ag. The great thing about betonline.ag, you get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED ON. All one word, LOCKED ON, just like the podcast network. Go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, deposit that money, place your prop bets, have some extra fun, and pay for all those snacks with betonline.ag. Final segment we are previewing the running Utes game against Arizona tonight. That game will tip off. At 5 p.m. Mountain Time at the Huntsman Center. Jim Corzimore will have the call on Thursday. As Utah looks to build upon its win last Saturday at Colorado. While former coaching veteran Dave Miller serves as the analyst. In the 17th meeting between the Utes and the Wildcats. Since Utah joined the Pac-12. That game will be on FS1 Network. Some news and notes about the Wildcats. They are currently 4th. In the Pac-12, clearly not the same kind of team that they were pre-sanctions and pre-Sean Miller shenanigans. Say what you will about that. They just haven't been able to draw in the same caliber of players and that those massive recruiting classes that they've had in the past. But they have done pretty well this year overall, 13-4. and four. 7-4 and four in the conference. They've also won seven of their last ten games behind double-digit scoring from five different players. The best of those, without a doubt, though, is Georgetown transfer James Akinjo, who leads them with 14.8 points per game to go with his 5.7 assist average. That's tied with McKinley Wright for second most in the Pac-12. Uh, second on the team is Jamari Baker Jr., but he's out for the season due to a broken wrist, so who takes up the slack for him? Well, it's Benedict Mathurin, who started in three of the last four games and is averaging 12 points and five rebounds to go with a 52% shooting clip. This Arizona team, like I said, is not the same kind of team that we're conditioned to see, but they do have a lot of talent still. Azulis Tubilis is second on the team in scoring in the Pac-12 right now. He's, he's averaging 13 points a game. Uh, and is 5th in the Pac-12 in rebounding. He's going to be a guy that Utah is really going to have to focus on in the middle and making sure that they take care of him. Uh, He's a freshman forward. He's 6'11", 245, comes to Arizona from Lithuania. Akinjo is the point man, and and that will be a fascinating – set up for the University of Utah. How much can they limit him? Who will defend him? Is is Rylan Jones going to be tasked with being the primary defender on that? If Akinjo really gets things cooking, is Utah going to try and trap or maybe switch to a zone to try and slow him down? That will be a fascinating matchup, I think, for this University of Utah basketball team. On the Utah side of things, I think it's continue to let uh, Alfuego do his thing and let him cook. He has got to come out and and continue. They've got to find ways to get him open shots early so that he can get started early so that Utah can continue to build their momentum behind his offense. And I've talked about this multiple times. The variety of ways in which he scores opens up the game so much more for the University of Utah. If he is hitting from the outside, it allows Timmy Allen to work more in the mid-range. It allows Brandon Carlson to work in the low post. It allows Mickey Jantunen to work in the low post, which he's much better down there than he is up top. I think the other key to this is going to be Pella Larson. We've seen him. He makes some incredibly smart plays during the games. He is very uh, coherent of what's happening on the court and where he needs to be. And so I think because of that, what you really need to do is you need to find ways to get him involved in this game. I think this is a group that he can take advantage of. Their starting front court is six one and six three, and then Oz, as I talked about, Mathurin Benedict, uh, Benedict Mathurin is six seven, uh, and then the other forward is Christian Coloco. He's seven one, so they do have some height in the low post, which Utah will obviously have to. Focus on getting rebounds. It's been a inconsistent issue with Utah. I thought they were really good against Colorado. They've been better recently at, at making sure they get rebounds. It will be interesting to see how they do against this taller Arizona front court. But I do think that Pella Larson can get some things going against those smaller defenders, without a doubt. Uh, this game starts at 5 p.m., as we said, on FS1. I think it's this, as I've talked about, as Jake and I have relayed, We both think that there's a lot of intrigue with this team still, and I'm really fascinated to see what the win at Colorado does for them and where it propels them as they move forward and take on Arizona. This is the fourth-ranked team in the Pac-12. It's a chance to make some moves. You're in the second half of your season now, and you've really got to move forward and make some ground up so that you can go into biggest thing going into the Pac-12 tournament with some confidence and with some momentum. A little update for you as well. It looks like they've announced the new tip times for the remainder of the schedule so far. I do expect more games to be added simply because there have been so many postponed. But the Utes will take on the Beavers at 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time on Pac-12. Oregon will tip at 7. Oregon State on the 22nd will tip at 5 p.m. That game will be on ESPN2. Then on the 25th, they'll be... They'll play UCLA. That game will be at the Huntsman Center, 6 o'clock tip, Mountain Time, that one on the Pac-12 Networks. And then Saturday, February 27th, they will close out against USC. That game will be either on ESPN2 or ESPNU, also with a 6 p.m. tip. That's it for today's episode of the Locked On Utes podcast. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, for listening, for subscribing, for rating, for reviewing, for passing along the messages. We love and appreciate you. Keep spreading the good word of the Locked On Youths podcast to all your family and friends. And let's build this thing and take it straight to the top because the ceiling is the roof. As they would like to say on the internets. That's it for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Youths podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network for Thursday, February 4th, 2021.